Welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Growing Up in the Wilds of Suburbia. I am your host, Chad Everett Brochiers, and today's conversation is going to be a fun one. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Every time I start the video, I play with my hair a little bit as I get it tucked away underneath the hat. Huh. Yeah, got to get to the, get the haircut. All right, so... Today's episode is on emotions and logic, how to use your rational mind and uh, the stages. So again, starting the video off for those that may be listening or watching this for the first time, I'm, I'm not coming to you as a therapist. I'm not a, you know, I'm a doctor in that sense or anything like that. I'm offering some insights into the way life occurs for me as well as what I have managed to understand other people by, both by reading and interacting with them, uh, interviewing questions, that kind of thing. I also do read extensively. Um, I am not a fan of fiction, although I know there's plenty of people that enjoy it. Um, I prefer to watch fiction, but I read a lot of nonfiction. So with all of that being said, credibilities and all the fun stuff out of the way, it's understandable to be emotional about anything. It's fully understandable. Emotions turn up where attachments are. So whatever the attachment is you have in your life, you're going to have some emotional values and variables that actually go with that. So it's understandable to be attached to something. Uh, attachments are goals, uh, whether they're small, minor, um, even unknown to you, or un, uh, you just can't seem to identify what that is. If there's an attachment there, there's some sort of goal to achieve or accomplish. So a lot of the attachments that we have in our life are also unspoken. We just have them assumed based off of, you know, an archetype from our history, you know, an idea about the way something is supposed to go, uh, whatever it might be. That's the attachment variable. And whenever it doesn't turn up that way, it's the emotional gripping. Now you also have emotions that come in whenever you, you do get what you want. Sometimes you're not happy about what you get, what you want, because you didn't realize what it really was. You were more attached to the idea of it than you were the actual thing. Um, it could be, I mean, there's so many variables in this, but to keep it simple enough for the, this particular episode, it's something happens and immediately you get emotionally polarized. Uh, with that polarization, what do you do with it? How do you deal with that thing that just turned your emotions up? That, that aroused your emotions. Now, dealing with that is going to be a major piece of your future movements. If you're constantly finding yourself emotionally engaged and not able to come to a logical conclusion, you know, sometimes we have to learn from what happens the first time because we're so caught and gripped with the emotion, we have to look back in hindsight and then figure out how to manage ourselves the next time an emotion comes into play. It's not uncommon. It, it's it's a it's a learning process that we have. So with that, once we understand the efficiency of the outcome, then we have something that we can do with it. Now, if you don't have any like understanding of the outcome or how to actually put handles on it and create an efficiency element, so the next time something happens, you're more likely to repeat that same thing, have the emotional polarization. But with it, it's not always an, um, an equal outcome. It can look equal to you, but there's still the emotional carryover. I've had this happen before. I'm getting tired of it. You get that exhaustion starting to set in, the wear down element. And then you get to the point where 
I just don't want to tolerate it anymore. I don't want to deal with it. And then you react differently, but your reaction is more moving away from it or being hostile towards it than it is to try to rationally understand and move through it with the least amount of damage to yourself or to others or the situation overall. So with that, building out the rational element takes time. It takes practice. I, I regularly have to manage myself whenever something comes up. Uh, I had somebody earlier refer to me as uh, actually being in, in a, a piece of, uh, I'll use the more politically correct portion, uh, referring to me as being a piece of crap. Uh, that's not exactly the words. Um, it's just the one word it begins with an S, uh, but I'll try to keep this as family friendly as possible. Being referred to as that, the basis for that reference was that I suggested that, and I actually didn't suggest, I, I stated that there's always more information available than the knee-jerk reaction information. Like whenever something first, like the breaking story or whatever that is, uh, the first bit of information you get typically isn't going to be all of the information. Or if you get all of the information, you have your emotions that get in the way based off that attachment or the information's polarization to an attachment to another situation. Uh, it can bog you down and you completely miss the next few things because you're emotionally charged. I stated that it is something better, better off that we get more information about and also not, you know, question the source of where you're getting information as well. You know, there may be a motive or an agenda behind that scenarios of like in my history in a much younger state, uh, 20 years ago, uh, I had situations where people would try to meddle in a relationship and a way to try to create a division for whether they were interested in getting with me or they were interested in getting with her and they would do what they could to try to destabilize that relationship so that they would say whatever and they would purposely withhold information. There is a term that's called white truths. There's also on the back end of that, there's, there's white truths and black lies. Um, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, a, a white lie. Sorry. I completely messed that up. It's a white lie and a black truth. And the way that that is, it has nothing to do with any kind of racial valuables or variables at all whatsoever. What it has to do with is a white lie is where you omit information so that it's easier to either accept for the other person or because you omitted the information, you don't have to address it. And therefore, you did tell them something, half of the truth, if you will. Not the whole story, but you presented as if it's the whole truth. A black... Um, that's a white lie. A black truth is where you use information in a way to try to hurt somebody. That is true, but you may omit other information so that that bit of information you've just provided is more detrimental to the person in a negative way. You know, it, you know your uncle passed. You know, and your uncle didn't love you anyway would be a slanted perspective. Even if they didn't really love you, perhaps your uncle cared for you in a different way that is not, you know, perhaps that person had just told your uncle past also didn't tell you that the way your uncle felt about you wasn't something that they consider love to be, but you know, your uncle loved you, but the way that they interpret what love is, is their opinion is your uncle didn't love you, but your uncle may have been harder on you because they needed you to learn the lesson. So you could realize the greatness that you are by not being overly generous with things like, you know, affirmations and things like that. It could be, I care about you. Oh, now go do that thing you need to do. 
I, if we sit around all day talking about how much I care about you, you're likely not to do something. And it just is part of the play into the example here. Uh, there's other ways of doing it. That's just the one that came to mind for me at the moment. But that's something that somebody can mislead you by is to give you a black truth or a white lie. Understanding that is so much more beneficial because if you find that you're being emotionally polarized more regularly and you seem to really be spun up quite a bit and identifying it's not easy because when you're in that emotional body, things can seem to you as if they're logical. But the best way to be able to identify if it is logical or if you need to question how logical it is, see if you feel excited in any way. Is your heart rate racing? Do you feel something in your stomach? You know, those kind of variables can definitely give you a very strong insight on whether or not it's an emotional reaction where you feel that you're still holding your cognitive resources while the emotion is taking control. It's also the sense of being righteous isn't always the occurrence of feeling righteous to the person. Like when they feel righteous, isn't always depicted, uh, depicted to the individual that they're being righteous. You know, it could be like, no, I know what righteous is, and this is not me being it at all. And that very well could be because the emotion has convinced them that they're not being that way, but they do have something to justify. And it's hard to distinguish that in a rational mind. That's how you can kind of, you can start playing into that and understand it. I'm feeling overly emotional right now because my pulse has gone up. I'm starting to sweat. I feel like I need to run towards something or run away from something. Perhaps I need to punch someone, whatever that is. That's all descriptions of the emotional element. And it can reduce your ability to be rational and or functional in the situation. You're emotionally functional to the extent that you're reacting, uh, but that's not total function. That's you're navigating in that emotional body. If that is following and making sense to you, uh, the logical side takes more practice. It's more acts of wisdom and maturity to be able to access the logical and or the rational mind when emotional things come up to play, fully understandable. I dealt with it today. I dealt, I deal with it regularly, uh, but I have to put myself back into check because it's one thing to, and I've, I've gone through the outburst stages. There's nothing wrong with the outburst stages as long as you're being responsible for it because what you do to other people, you may not be able to correct. You can usually correct words over time emotions die down and you can actually have a conversation and have a better understanding of the situation. But if you choose not to do that and you choose to act out in a way that creates physical harm, you may not be able to take it back. The person lives or not, you may not be able to take it back. Oh, and it's, it's just a way of life. Why would we want to cut off opportunities for growth? Because we feel like we need to be right right now. Let's take our time. Being right isn't necessarily wrong. Right? It's not wrong to want to be right, but it is damaging for your long-term outcome if you want to have more unison to berate somebody with righteousness. It happens. We all do it. It's part of our growing process. The thing is, are you going to continue to hold that and cross your arms and say, until I get my way, I'm not doing anything with you. Well, that's emotional coercion. Oh, that's that's coercion is in itself, but it's also if you're related to that person in any way, friends, um, partners, whatever it might be, 
you're sitting in that state of emotional coercion. Do with do as I say, or else I will remove my affection. You'll get it back whenever I get my way. That's not really a very adult way of dealing with something. Now, you can do it that way, but if you want to mature beyond that, you're going to have to take a little bit more effort into putting your own emotions into a place where you can just say, I'm feeling very, very emotional right now. I need to actually breathe for a second, gather myself before we have this conversation versus, oh, you're about to get it. Those things can be detrimental for your goals in the long run. I'm also very interested in being able to sit with where I am right now in my life and enjoy the fact that I have accomplished what I have accomplished overall. And when I say that, I don't mean millions of dollars in the bank. I also mean like just who I am as a person. It takes effort to be the change you want to see in the world. But to me, I can't imagine a greater endeavor. And I'm doing everything I can to be as responsible as possible. And that means responsibility means keeping my emotional self in check. Now, there's times whenever I, I let out and I scream or I, you know, I'm, I'll have my emotional fit, but I do what I can to minimize the effect on other people so that if I just need to let it out, I have, I, I have the privilege and the, the sense of relief, euphoria that the relief brings because I'm not going around suppressing everything. I want to be able to really feel life as it is as a whole, but I also want to be able to come up with a better outcome over time. So getting that forgiveness space. I need my time. I need my space. I will get back to you on this as soon as I can, but let me get this out right now and forgive me. I'm going to leave or whatever it is and, and really be as responsible as you can for yourself because this will help you construct the life that you want to have. Could you imagine if everybody behaved the way that you did whenever you were 22, if you're now 40, if everybody behaved the way that that person did to you moving forward because you trained them when you were 22 to believe or to behave that way. You don't want people to continue to treat you like you're in college whenever you're you know, a business professional uh, or raising a family and you were known as the crazy party guy back then or girl, and now you're raising a family and everybody's still treating you like you're 20. We really are best to help understand that we do this to other people. So if they're dealing with some emotional stuff at the time, you could always ask them too. Do you need a minute? I'm happy to help give you whatever space that you need or create whatever it is that you need in order for you to handle those emotions in a safe way for yourself without me over influencing the situation. I care for you enough to allow you to have that and not try to contaminate it by my suppression of it's all going to be okay. Just don't worry about it. So there's another way that we can approach this. So emotions are valid. Vet the emotion as much as you can without causing harm to other people. Uh, much more preferably. I don't mean emotional harm because there are people that have attachments with you that you don't even know that's going on. And for you to change course can have them feel emotionally harmed. That happens. It's something that as long as you're responsible, I'm, you know, you can apologize and make amends or you can let them know right in the very beginning or what stage you are and you have the realization you're going to change course. However it is, you need to be responsible, but be responsible for the friendship, care for it just as much as you care for what the idea of the person is, as much as you need to care for your idea of yourself. Uh, I There's another famous psychologist that says, care for yourself as if you were caring for your own child. Oh, care for you as much as you would care for a loved one. That's a pretty interesting thing because a lot of people don't give themselves that much forgiveness. They don't give themselves that much nurturing and care. They don't give themselves the right elements to be able to 
live a very um, satisfied and rewarded and you know, self-cared life. Um, my next episode, I'm going to go ahead and close up now because I feel like I babbled a little bit or going on a little long on this one. I hope that this has been insightful. Uh, the next episode is going to be on self, uh, it's healthy selfish. Uh, I've recorded on this over five years ago. Uh, I think it's time to bring back the conversation and, and put it into its own context. Uh, so look forward to that on the next episode. Again, healthy selfish. Uh, it's a really interesting one to get into, but it is how you balance yourself out so you don't become a martyr of your own life uh, or have somebody take more than they need and you don't stop them because you're too humble so or you don't want to come across looking selfish or whatever. So we'll get into that on the next episode. For now, though, thank you so much for watching. I really do appreciate this. Uh, if it seems like my energy is a little bit low today uh, or just not quite the same uh, as I've been in some of the other videos, it's just been a, a pretty interesting day. Um, it's a fairly exhausting day. I am committed to at least recording six days a week. Uh, this is not out of the recording days and this is required for me for my own goals. And um, it's all a process. It's all a practice. So forgive as much as you need to being a witness and watching and at the same time, I'm, I'm giving myself the same forgiveness and uh, I'm, I'm managing where I'm at you know, And that's what I hope for all of us. So with that, again, this is Chad Everett Brochures. I am the uh, host of Growing Up in the Wilds of Suburbia. I'm happy to have you guys here, uh, guys and girls. I'm just, I'm happy to have you here and, and playing this game of life with me. We're in this together. We can all overcome any challenges that we have, especially when we do it together. So with that, thank you so much. Like, share, uh, hit the bell notification, subscribe to the channel. Every bit does help, even if it's just being one more number in the group. Uh, but listen to the videos, you know, comment on them, share them with people in your life you feel would help, uh, that this would help. There's a lot of people right now that feel like they're lost. Um, I'm not saying that I'm the one that will help them be found all the way around, but if these insights might help and you don't know if they will or not, you shoot it over and, and just suggest it. All right. With that, thank you again. I really do appreciate all of you. And uh, I look forward to our next video. Until next time, remember your emotions are good. They're good to have them. They're okay to vet them. Just try to be as responsible as you can for them and grow from what you've witnessed. So <laughs> until next time, guys, thank you so much. We'll see you soon.